Corinthians chapter 12, if you're interested. Uh, I had it in my heart to just go ahead and uh, make available the notes that I've generated tonight uh, to everyone. I don't know that I printed enough, so, uh, but anyway, our ushers have them. Uh, you just go ahead and just maybe put so many in the hands of so many, however you want to get it. If you want one, raise your hand up, praise God. Uh, amen. Uh, if you don't, don't want one, don't take one, praise God. And, uh, but the ushers are coming around, and uh, uh, let's get those into the hands as, as many as uh, want them. And if we need more, uh, we'll make available more to you, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, honey, I want to thank you for what you ministered last Wednesday. I know I was uh, out of town with Dr. Jacobs, but I tell you what, it was awesome. And I hope that you took heed. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as she was talking about holiness uh, and, and cleaning house was, you know, if all of us start coming up in that area together like we should, and yet one person goes, oh, I'm not going to do that. Well, you could be that one that wanders in to a glorious and holy environment and get zapped. So that would be a motivating factor. Amen. We're all going to come up together in in purity, in living right, living clean. And, uh, you know, I know in this day, in this culture we're living in, it is the easiest thing in the world to live compromised. It's even popular to do that. And it takes spiritual courage and strength to live clean and to live separated and to live right. But you know, as your pastor, could I state plainly to you, I expect you to live that way. Are you right? I don't care what age you are, younger, I expect you to stay pure. If you've made a mistake, I I expect you to earnestly repent, change your situation, fix it and live clean. You know, thank God for the blood of Jesus, right? But you know what? Let me tell you something. I have flesh. See that? It's flesh. And if I can live right, you can live right. If I can live this way, you can live this way. Amen. You know, my, I, you know I dated Amber for three and a half years. Now, there's a lot of cold showers in there. Just be honest with you. A lot of cold showers in there. But listen, if I can live that way... You could live that way. Amen. Anyway, praise God. It matters to where, where we're headed and really where we are. Not only to, to the degree of what God's going to be able to do for you and through you, but I just, I just tell you what, it, it matters to the degree of blessing you're going to walk in. God expects us to live free from sin. He's made that available. I have to sin. Everybody sins. No, you don't. Not as a believer. That's a bunch of religious bunk and junk. Paul said in Romans, let not. Sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin have rule over you in any area. Now, if you're like me, there are going to be areas where the Holy Ghost is going to say, I'm going to highlight that. Let's deal with that. And you may have a battle with your flesh for a while, but you can do it. And there's grace for it. And nobody's looking down on anybody. Right. But we're going, uh, we're moving forward in these things together. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Praise God. Let's read some scripture again out of this chapter and we're going to get into some more teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. See, it is vitally important. God does not want us to to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. 
That tells me He wants me to know something about them. He wants you to know something accurate about them. Amen. Now, what does ignorant mean? That's not a derogatory term. Nobody likes to be called ignorant, but it just means you don't know. Or you know what you think you know is wrong. What you think you know is wrong. I remember, you know, all these newfangled weed eaters now. I finally got me a good one. Amen. But, you know, they, they all have the different ways to load the twine, the, the, the wire, whatever you want to call that. And I kept being, fr- oh, praise God, just was just frustrated. But you know what? I thought I was loading it right, but I wasn't. I was loading it wrong. It wasn't the design. It was me. I thought I was trying to load it the old way, and they changed the way. Well, it didn't mean I'm bad. It didn't mean I'm unintelligent, but I was ignorant. I was uninformed about how you're supposed to do that. When I finally got that figured out, thank God for YouTube. Any of you guys glad for YouTube? Praise God. Wow. What did we do before YouTube? We had to get in a car, drive to the library. Y'all remember microfish and whatever. Oh, my gosh. We live in a great day today. I'm telling you what. <laughs> I mean, you kids can do on your phone, sitting on your couch, what would take us 20 hours to do at the college library in a few minutes. Hey, Siri. I mean, it's just wild. Anyway. So in my Bible, I put ignorant means misinformed or uninformed. You just are a void. You're a blank slate. You just don't know. Or it could be that somebody told you uh, something about this subject that's wrong. And I'm not claiming to have absolute perfection in this. Obviously not. Amen. But we want to be rightly informed about these things. Praise God. All right, skip down to verse 7. It says, but the manifestation, remember I taught you this word in the Greek means to shine forth. Amen? When the Holy Spirit manifests Himself, he is a, it's a manifestation. It is a shining forth. It is a putting out. It is a demonstration. Amen? Mm-hmm. I thought of thinking about Dr. Dufresne when I studied that word because uh, one of its meanings is to put on a show, a showing. Because Dr. Dufresne, you say in these last days, God's going to put on a show. Amen. You're not going to need a donkey and pony show on your platform to gather people. Colorful lights and fake smoke. Because God's going to put on a show of His glory and might and power. And you won't be able to keep people away. Hallelujah. That's why I don't have a smoke machine. Because then how would you know when the real smoke showed up? When the glory... that's That's the kind of smoke we want to have. The cloud... Praise God. But the manifestation, the appearing, the shining forth of the Spirit is given to every man. Of course, that means not human being because not everyone's born again, but every member of the body of Christ. Now, what? To hurt them, to embarrass them, to make them a pariah? No, to, to profit with all. To profit with all. Then he lists nine different ways the Spirit of God manifests Himself. We call them the gifts of the Spirit. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of uh, knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. Uh, To another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. I like to say, as I taught you before, the simple gift of prophecy and to another discerning of spirits. Notice it's called discerning of spirits. It's not the gift of discernment. 
to another. Now notice this, this is what we're going to talk about tonight. To another, the, uh, the interpret, or excuse me, uh, diverse kinds, that just simply means different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So we're dealing with the utterance gifts or the vocal gifts right now in our study. And remember, I gave you that you can, you can classify. We classify these gifts into three categories. There's nine gifts, three categories, three gifts in each category. Most people know that, but a lot of people haven't yet. Amen. There are revelation gifts. There are what we call power gifts. And then the vocal or the utterance gifts. Amen. And it's just readily apparent why we would classify them like that. Well, the power gifts are gifts that do something. They perform something. They accomplish something. That would be the gift of special faith. That's, the, that's when God just dumps a measure of His supernatural faith on you. You don't have on your own to receive a miracle from God. Amen. We'll talk about that at some point. Then you have the working of miracles. This is where the power of God comes on you to perform a miracle. Not just receive it, but you're working it. Amen. Amen. And then there is the gifts of healings, which is obviously to accomplish physical healing and wholeness in people's bodies. But you can see why we call those power gifts. Amen. Mm -hmm. Then you have three gifts of revelation. They are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Why? Because those gifts reveal something to man to mankind, to that individual, that group, that they could not have known had the Holy Spirit not made them to know what He made them to know. We'll teach you about that. But right now we're talking about the vocal gifts or the inspiration gifts, some people call them. Uh, I most call them the utterance gifts. Why? Because these are three gifts by which God speaks to His people. You know God speaks. Hallelujah. God speaks to His people. Amen. Now, people get in the weeds, I think, sometimes uh, when you study theologians, different authors, about uh, the order in which these gifts are given. You know, Brother Hagin, I respect him wonderfully, and, and he says, and I respect his opinion on it, that these gifts are listed in order of their importance. Right? So uh, that, that would mean that he's arguing that tongues and interpretation would be the least important. Well, I don't know about that. The best gift is the gift you need at the moment. To me, there's nowhere in this in the scripture that says this gift is the best gift. It does say covet the best gift. Well, what would that be? To me, it's the gift I need the most to get delivered, to have victory, to help people. One author I like today, he said one of the reasons he believes tongues and interpretation is listed last is because they are the last of the spiritual gifts added to the, to the body of Christ, to the earth. All of the other seven gifts you can see all throughout the Old Testament. But only after the church was born in Pente at Pentecost will you see tongues and interpretation. Anyway, praise God. We're going to talk about it. Amen. So we're going to spend some time in 1 Corinthians 14 tonight. Now, uh, most of the time when I am privately ministering to people who've and I enjoy this. It's not a hard, I enjoy this a lot uh, because we're spirit filled and we're one of only, I don't know, three or four or five spirit filled churches in this region. There may be more than that. I'm just guessing. 
And uh, praise God, there's a lot of people that come in, visit, and if they get to talking to me, they have questions. And a lot of people are tangled up in 1 Corinthians 14. Amen. In uh, 18 years of pastoring, I've had one, one person come to me, uh, and they had this figured out on their own just by reading. That's Brother Tony back there. So I'm, you know, just take that. They may have never happened again, brother. Praise God. <laughs> but he just, we sat down. He just read this and he said, now this means that. And this is referring to that. And went through the whole chapter. I said, brother, you don't need me. You got it. Where'd you get that? He said, I just read it. You know, I tell you what, if you really just read it, stop listening to the preacher so much and just read it. Right. You really get a lot of help just by reading it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But a lot of people are tangled up. Amen. And their doctrines are weird. Their, their beliefs are off because of some confusion they have that they, they think they got out of this chapter. And as we go forward tonight, we want to untangle you. Amen. You know, it's not my will, saith the Lord, that any of you be confused, but that all of you know my will and know it good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know it well. <laughs> Praise God. That's his will. Amen. Praise God. So let's look at these gifts that God has put in the church today uh, through which He could speak to us. Amen. In Dennis Bennett's book, The Holy Spirit in You, it's interesting, no, he was an Episcopalian priest that got filled with the Holy Ghost during the charismatic wave and revival in the 70s. And it was in that book that Dr. Jacobs got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as a Baptist graduate from a seminary. Just love it. He said, I read eight pages of his book, fell down in my living room and spoke with other tongues. Was filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Anyway, notice something that he said about this. He said, the utterance gifts are not to guide our lives. You know, prophecy, like I taught you, is not to guide your life. That's not the purpose of prophecy. Well, back in the Old Testament, no, we're not Old Testament saints. Amen. But they are to help unfold God to us and to help us in our response to Him. They are to turn us Godward and to give us a healthy healthy fear or awe of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So we want to understand this about tongues. Y'all following me in the handout? All tongues are the same in essence. Now, what I mean by that is a tongue is a tongue. It sounds like a tongue. It is a tongue. It's the same in essence. But tongues are different. Everyone say they're different. In what way are they different? They're different in purpose and in use. Even notice the title of this gift. Divers or different kinds of tongues. Tell you what, I mean, the Holy Ghost was smart to give Paul these titles, these names. This is why I harp on this in my ministry class, that you get the names of these gifts right. It's not called the gift of tongues. It's called diverse kinds of tongues. Different kinds of tongues. Now, in in a sense, and this will become more clear, a tongue is a tongue is a tongue. But tongues in the kingdom of God, in the church, have different purposes and different uses. Amen. And we need to be intelligent and taught and understood about these things. 
Amen. So all tongues are the same in essence, but they're different in use and purpose. Now there are two primary ways that tongues right, are manifested in the, uh, in the body of Christ. And it's important that you understand the difference, the distinction. So we're going to deal with the first one. All right. The first primary way that tongues are manifested. And if you've been in a, a certain setting, you may, this may t- be totally foreign to you. But it's all in the Bible. All right. How did, I, how did I go from being saved Baptist, raised Methodist, to being a tongue talker? Well, I read the Bible. See, <laughs> I just read the Bible. And if you'll read your Bible, you, you'll end up and believe it, act on it. You'll end up in the same place I did. We all will. That's, that's what's God's plan. Some people are bucking up against it. But anyway, uh, praise God. So the first is the evidence that comes when a believer is baptized with the Holy Ghost or what we call filled with the Holy Ghost. In that experience, they receive a prayer language. Amen. They speak in tongues when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and endues them with power from on high. What comes with that is this heavenly prayer language. It is the grace, the divine ability to know what these awkward, funny words would sound like if you spoke them. That is Him giving you the utterance. And so I'm going to give this type of tongue, y'all following me? I'm going to give it a name and then I'm going to refer to it the rest of the time so that you'll know what I'm talking about. I call this kind of tongue the everyday prayer language of the believer. The everyday prayer language of the believer. Did y'all get that? This is the tongue that comes with the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Out of my belly, out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. Amen. So this type of tongue is spoken of repeatedly in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Amen? But so is other types of tongues. And if you're not looking for the context and you think all tongues are tongues, you're going to get confused. We We want you to get unwound in that tonight. Now... What I call the everyday prayer language of the believer, follow me in the handout. This is the flow of tongues that is primarily for our private spiritual edification. It is a devotional blessing. The vast majority of the time when I'm employing this vocal miracle, this supernatural gifting, I'm by myself. I'm not standing on a street corner with a megaphone talking in tongues. That would be goofy and weird, and extreme. You understand that? The everyday prayer language of the believer is now not exclusively, don't, don't, don't hear me say that, I didn't say that, primarily is for our private spiritual edification. Now this flow of tongues, you can turn it on and turn it off anytime you want. Now, that's probably a bad way to describe that. It would be better to say you could yield to it. You could yield to it any time you want once you receive it. Amen. I mean, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, even if you've not, but you're a sincere believer, you have the Holy Ghost in you and you're going to heaven. Amen. But out of your belly will flow. See, if you direct your attention out of your head and just check your heart, 
you ought to see there's utterance there like water at the surface of a well. And all you'd have to do is yield to it. What do you mean yield to it? Give voice to it. Right? Now, who spoke in tongues? The Holy Ghost? No, I did. I did. You understand that? But where did the utterance come from? From Him. From Him. Amen. So this flow of tongues is to be an ever-flowing stream in our lives that never runs dry. Never runs dry. Amen. Now, this is an important point. The everyday prayer language of the believer employing this gift does not have to be interpreted. See, let me just introduce something to you. You've probably heard this or maybe you haven't. A lot of people say, okay, yeah, tongues is in the Bible, but it has to be interpreted. And they'll quote a verse or two out of 1 Corinthians 14 and they're confused. Amen? Because there is the spiritual gift, tongues and interpretation, and there is the everyday prayer language of the believer, and they're different, they have different use, different purpose. A tongue that is a spiritual gift, amen, doesn't come as we will. It comes as He wills. Hallelujah. And when that manifests, it is to be interpreted. You understand? But, okay, praise God. Number two, the following verses, and we're going to just look on the hand, it would be faster for us. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, I, I highlighted and, and copied and pasted verses out of that chapter that are specifically referring not to the spiritual gift we're studying, but to the everyday prayer language of the believer, that tongue. Let me show you, and, and in my Bible I have all these highlighted. You, you should do that sometime. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. Paul said, for he who speaks in a tongue. Now we won't know if he's talking about the spiritual gift, diverse kinds of tongues, or the everyday prayer language of the believer until we get more of the context. So we have to keep reading. Amen. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Who's he talking to? To God. So there is a flow, a use of tongues that is prayer. It's not a message to people. It is your spirit communicating supernaturally with God. Amen. Now notice this phrase, very important. For no one understands Him. However, in the Spirit, He speaks mysteries. Well, see, it says, this person that spoke this tongue, no one understood Him. He didn't, and no one that heard it understood it. What's that tell you? Must not have been an interpretation. There's no interpretation. And you don't need an interpretation. Y'all know why? Because you're not talking to people. You're talking to God. And God knows altogether exactly what you're saying. He doesn't need interpretation. He knows all languages. You know, it's interesting. You can look this up again on YouTube and you can find that there have been studies done on Christians hooked up to electrodes and scientists and said, okay, just pray in English. Just pray a prayer. And they prayed a prayer and they watched how their brain lit up. 
Their cognitive abilities, you know, when you're speaking out of your intellect, they're all firing up. They can see it on the scan. And he says, now pray in tongues. Okay. And he starts praying in tongues and all of that activity goes quiet. It's just totally blank. How come? You're not talking out of your brain anymore. You're talking out of a wellspring that doesn't show up on a CAT scan because it's not physical. You're more than that body. You are a spirit being. Another thing, linguists have studied speaking with tongues. And they say, it doesn't matter how it comes out. When it's real tongues, amen, he says, it ha- they have, we don't understand it. It's not, it's not an earthly language. It's not like anything we've had recorded anybody speak. But it has all the characteristics of language. Hallelujah. But do you see here, now that you know that full verse, he that speaks in a tongue... An unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, howbeit in the Spirit. Amen. He speaks mysteries or divine speakers. We obviously know now, looking for two different kinds, what kind of tongue this must be. It's the everyday prayer language of the believer. That's obvious, right? Amen. It should be. All right, just a few verses down. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies... Now, did it edify the church? No, because it's not a message to the church. He that speaks in tongues, what? Builds himself up. Builds himself up. See, this is one of those biblical benefits of giving yourself to speaking other tongues in your private devotional life. Well, does this need to be an interpreta- does this need to be interpreted? No. That's not the purpose. In that flow of tongues, the everyday prayer language of the believer, I'm not even really talking to God. It's charging my spirit. I'm building myself up. I'm edifying myself. Amplified says improving yourself. Well, okay. Well, then obviously he's not talking about a gift of the spirit here. He's talking about the everyday prayer language of the believer. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I wish you all spoke with tongues. That kind of implies, doesn't it, at will. Is he talking about a spiritual gift? No. One of the ways we know he is not talking about the spiritual gift, diverse kinds of tongues, is because those all manifest not as we will, but as the Spirit wills. And notice it says, for to one will be given the word of wisdom. To another will be given the gift of faith. To another, right? In other words, not all of us will be given the same gift. Not all of us will operate in diverse kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. But Paul says right here, I wish you all must be a different kind of tongue then. What kind of tongue is it? The everyday prayer language of the believer. Y'all with me so far? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Paul says again, For I pray in a tongue, or for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Who? My spirit prays. Now notice this. But my my understanding is unfruitful. Why would his understanding be unfruitful? Because there's no interpretation. 
He's not praying this way to have it interpreted. I think this is becoming evident, right? One more, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, For I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. I understand the Greek original says, all of you put together. <laughs> so looking again at the handout from these scriptures, it is plainly obvious that there is a speaking with tongues that is not intended to be interpreted. Can you see that? It is yielded to at any moment and is for the spiritual edification of the one who speaks and not for public assembly. Amen? There are at least 10 Bible benefits of speaking in tongues in this way, of which we have taught in this church many times. You just get that teaching out of my archive. Amen. Praise God. All right, well, now see, this is what I suggest. Get a new Bible or a Bible where you don't have highlights in 1 Corinthians 14 and take that handout and get a certain color highlight and highlight all that are the prayer, everyday prayer language of the believer in that chapter and highlight that a certain color. And then the other references to tongues that are talking about the operation of this spiritual gift, diverse kinds of tongues, highlight that in a different color. Amen. And then the next time you hear somebody say, oh yeah, okay, if there's tongues, was it interpreted? Because you know, tongues have to be interpreted. I could show you that in the Bible. Well, you can smile sweetly and humbly and say, well, you're mistaken. Let's go. You got a minute? Let's read it. And you'd have all that highlighted already. That's what I do. Amen. You'd be like me. Praise God. <laughs> well, let me point out a few verses here uh, that deal with this spiritual gift. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. Now, uh, I quoted this verse, I quoted the first half of the verse in the previous section, but now we're going to emphasize the second half of this verse. Paul said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's the everyday prayer language of the believer. But even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Now notice this, unless indeed he interprets. You're going to find the way you identify the spiritual gift of diverse kinds of tongues in operation, it'll always be tied to and connected with the gift of interpretation and messaging the church. The church, the assembly, will be mentioned because that's the purpose of the gift. Primarily, are you with me? Hallelujah. Notice... Uh, he says, desire that you might prophesy, uh, because he who does is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he indeed interprets. Now, see, if you speak a tongue and it's interpreted, see, you've graduated in that moment from the everyday prayer language of the believer into this spiritual gift, diverse kinds of tongues. Now, Paul just calls it tongues. But you have to get from the context which one he's talking about. How am I doing, Brother Tony? Okay, praise God. He doesn't like me pointing him out, but praise God. <laughs> I'm having fun with him. Glory to God. Uh, now, notice it says, unless he interprets, now notice this, the last phrase, that the church, that the church may receive edification. This is not talking about a tongue that builds me up. This is a tongue that's tied to an interpretation 
that edifies the church. You're talking about a different thing here now. I think you're with me. Amen. So number one, before we turn the page, you'll notice that tongues is mentioned, but it is associated with interpretation and connected with edifying the church. Hallelujah. Is that all you have? Oh, there's more. I don't know where the other part of it is. Amen. I only gave you half the goodie. Problem is, the preacher's only got half the goodie. Just bear with me a moment. Praise God. Technology, don't you love it? It's going to save my bacon right here anyway. All right, so you'll have to make notes, and I'll, I'll print you a full copy, uh, added it up here in a moment, okay? Or maybe not in a moment, but next time you come. <laughs> Just being honest with you. Write down the reference if you have something to write with. 1 Corinthians 14, amen, uh, 26 through 33. And we'll put it on the board, hopefully. So it says, how is it then, brethren, when you come together? Notice, what are we doing? Coming together. Each of you has a psalm, has a teaching. Now notice this, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done, what? When we come together for edification. Now notice especially verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue... Let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. Is this the everyday prayer language of the believer? Obviously not. We're in an assembly. The Holy Ghost is manifesting Himself. The church is being built up and edified. He puts this in a list with other manifestations of things that we have or are supposed to have when we come together. Isn't it interesting the difference in the church in the book of Acts and the church today? See, today we come to church to get something. Right. But back then they, they came to church because they had something. Right. They came to church with a psalm. They came to church with a revelation. Boy, wouldn't that be refreshing? They came to church with a psalm. They came with a tongue. They came with an interpretation. Amen. I'm just, I'm going to put all of us in that lump, but well, not all of us, but the vast majority of us, we come to church with four flat tires. Pastor, I'm discouraged. The devil's been after me all the week. What can you do for me? So much of what we're doing is we're filling stations and tire, flat tire repairs. Crisis managers. And God's into all of that. But you know, there's a higher place for us to get to in the church world. Amen. And we may be doing better than some, but we're not doing as good as we ought to be doing. I mean, did you come tonight with a tongue? Maybe you did. Praise God. Did you come stirred up, ready to interpret? Maybe you did. Praise God. You know, some people, now some people do come and say, Pastor, I got a revelation. And most of the time I go, oh, dear Lord. It sure would be refreshing if their revelation was from the Holy Ghost. 
I could tell you stories, but I won't. But do you see here, you could see readily, this is not talking about the other kind of tongues we just dealt with. This is mentioned with interpretation. It's in uh, public use and assembly, and it's to edify the church. Verse 29 goes on and says, Let two or three of the prophets speak, or the ministers, and let the others judge. Notice, whether it's prophecy or tongues or an interpretation, it's to be judged. So as we go through this and we mature and you stand up and you want to give a tongue, praise God, listen, we're encouraging these things, but don't stand up if you're not okay with me judging what you're doing. Because I'm in charge here. That's not, a, that's not a big look at me, I'm in charge. It's a responsibility I have that I take seriously to keep things on course. Notice even here, there's people that are in charge that are supposed to be keeping this thing in order. You know, uh, mom and, what we call affectionately mom and pop Goodwin, I never met them. I just recently, uh, because of YouTube, uh, learning about, you, they actually have some audio and video even of them teaching, but he was, uh, uh, they were uh, Brother Hagen's par- pastors and spiritual parents. And they had a, a he, what Dad Hagen said was the most New Testament book of Acts church of any church he'd ever been in or knew anything about. That's a compliment. Mm-hmm. But in that church, if, if somebody had something they wanted to give, they raised their hand. They just raised their hand. And if uh, Pastor Goodwin felt it right at that moment to let that go, then he would acknowledge them. And he taught his people, if I don't acknowledge you, just hold it. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And it was an ordered, wonderful thing. Glory to God. Anyway, so it says, uh, let two uh, or three prophets speak and let the others judge. If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that you may all learn and be encouraged. Notice even the New Testament's acknowledging there'll be a learning curve and mistakes will be made. Well, I thought these gifts are supernatural and perfect. They are. You're not. Right. <laughs> They are. I'm not. God's got to get these perfect gifts through imperfect vessels. And there is a measure of... Notice he said in another place, everyone prophesies according to their measure of faith. Some people get up and prophesy and you can tell they're new to it. But it's still inspired and will bless you in a measure. But then you some, you can tell they're practiced and they're yielded and they're skillful. And when they get up and speak those inspired words by the Spirit, it blesses you on a whole other level. How'd they get there? Little bit by little bit. Little bit by little bit. Just yielding to these things. Amen? And like my wife said last Wednesday night, where's your practice place? At home. This is not your practice place. You practice at home. And then you'll come and employ what you have. Amen. Praise God. Then it says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. Y'all, okay, hang in there with me. Flip back to the, uh, first, uh, to the 12th chapter. Just turn a page to the 12th chapter. I want you to show you something else here. 1 Corinthians 12, 29. Paul says, are all apostles? What's the answer to that? The answer to that is not, no, they passed away. The answer to that is obvious when you read it, no, but some are. 
Are all prophets? No, but some are. Are all teachers? Again, no, but some are. All, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Now listen, all can lay hands on the sick. All, every Christian should. See, don't, see, this is where people get confused. Well, see, only a few people. That's just up to God. Just a select few have gifts of healings. No, but we're all to lay hands on the sick. See, that's a different operation. Right. Jesus told Brother Hagin and Dr. Dufresne separate instances one time. He said, the problem with you charismatic people, full gospel people, is you take everything you read about the supernatural and you throw it into one sack. You know, like your mama did with chicken. Just throw it all in there and shake it all up and pour it out together. But there are, there are different differences of yes. gifts, different operations, different manifestations. We have to rightly divide these things. Amen. Amen. Do all have gifts of healings? No, but mama, can you lay your hand on your baby and get him healed? You bet you can. In the name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Uh, do all. What's the next phrase? Do all speak with tongues. Now you tell me, where could a novice read that? And if that's all they knew, what would they say about speaking with tongues? Not for all. See, tongues aren't for everybody. Pastor Chris, tongues aren't for everybody. 1 Corinthians 12, whatever that verse is. See, tongues aren't for everybody. No, tongues are for everybody. The spiritual gift, diverse kinds of tongues, is not for everybody. Right. Hallelujah. Well, it just says tongues. Well, look at the list. Look at the context. Notice this list is comprised of what? Ministry offices and or spiritual gifts. Amen? Look back in the list to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 9, or, or, or you know, 8, 4 to 1. Does it say to all? No. What about the word of uh, to another? It says will be given the word of knowledge. Do you see the language? Not everybody. Not everybody. Look at verse 11. But all these, all these gifts in this list work how? They're worked by the same Spirit, self, uh, same Spirit, but dividing to every man severally as he will. Well, the same thing is true with these ministry offices. Are all apostles? No. There's only one evangelist in the room right now, and I'm not him. That's him right there. Well, I really want to be. I love souls. I love souls too. But if you're not called and graced and anointed for that office, you just forget it. You can be a soul winner. But not everyone's going to be an evangelist. Are all prophets? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Well, see, the Bible's just contradictory then because Paul said, I want you to all speak with tongues. No, he's not contradicted himself at all. That's the everyday prayer language of the believer. Here he's talking about ministries and spiritual gifts. That, that ought to be, that's the best I could do. I'm trying. If you don't see it... Uh, 
well, just keep coming. We'll go over it again. <laughs> That's just about as simple as I can show it to you. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. All right. So we're going to have to wind it down here. Um, let me give you a, just a quick definition. And it'll be on the handout, the other half of the handout. I, I, I don't know why I didn't print it out. Anyway, um, praise God. Uh, the the uh, diverse kinds of tongues, how do you define that? Well, it's inspired utterance, just like prophecy. It's inspired utterance in an unknown tongue. In an unknown tongue. Prophecy is inspired utterance in a known tongue. But tongues is a, is a supernatural vocal miracle in an unknown tongue. It is a language spoken out, praise God, in a language that's not known to the mind of the speaker. He's never learned that language. Amen. Whether it's a tongue of angels or a tongue of men. You're with me in that. But this gift is to be always followed up with the interpretation of tongues. Amen. What's the interpretation of tongues? That's the simplest one of all of them to define. It is giving the meaning of what was spoken in an unknown tongue, giving the meaning of what was spoken in a known tongue. That's why it equals prophecy. These two together equal prophecy. It's just another way of God to supernaturally speak to His people. Well, let's close with this. Why would God need two ways to speak to His people? Well, He likes variety, number one. But number two, one of the things He said about uh, diverse kinds of tongues is that tongues is a sign to unbelievers. I'm not impressed if Deacon Philip, I'm glad he does speak with tongues, but it's not going to convince me that Jesus is alive. I already believe. But God will use tongues at time to convince as a sign to the unbeliever. Amen. I read a story today about a, uh, a husband and wife team. And they were happily married, but he was a dedicated Christian, the husband. She was a dedicated Buddhist. And nothing he did in talking to her could convince her that he was right and she was wrong. Well, and they were so sweet together. They, they went and they uh, prayed together. And they were in this meeting, in a Christian meeting. And they're all down in the altar praying. And he's praying to his God. And she's praying her Buddhist prayers. But there's another lady next to her that she does not know who's also a Christian. And she's just praying along in other tongues. And then all of a sudden, this wife grabs her husband's arm. Startled. And because she's of Japanese descent. And he leans over and goes, did you hear that? He goes, what? She's speaking in Japanese. And she's talking to me. Not only is she speaking Japanese, it's not general Japanese, it's temple Japanese. I don't know whatever that is. And she said my Japanese middle name, which no one in this country knows. I'm wrong, you're right. And became a Christian. Praise God, wouldn't you? See, but to her, God used that supernatural gift. This woman's just yielded, praying along in, all, in other tongues, and then all of a sudden it shifts. It's not the everyday prayer language she prays in. 
Now she's speaking in this specific Japanese dialect. Now, let's see how you're doing. When she got up from that prayer meeting, could she go out to Starbucks and talk in temple Japanese to you? No. No. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know, the Old Testament talks about how that God would speak to His people through stammering lips and a strange tongue. I will speak, He said, to my people. And yet for all that, they still will not hear me. Yeah, as it was back then, so it is today, saith the Lord. That I'm endeavoring to speak at times through this supernatural gift of tongues and interpretation, and yet my people will not hear me. Well, hallelujah. Well, you see, I want him to talk however he, do, however he wants to talk. Don't you? Praise God. Because if it's Him, I want to hear Him. Amen. Amen. And there'll be people, when this gift is rightly employed at the Holy Ghost bidding in time, where He will speak to us things that will bless us, bring revelation to us, draw us closer to God. But you never know, there might be someone in our midst that night that will... Nothing I said as a good teacher moved them. But when that some, somebody spoke in other tongues, the hair stands up on the back of their neck. And whether the interpretation is to them or not, they've had a supernatural demonstration. Amen. These things bless the church. You can stand up. They help the church. They bless the church. We want them. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's so much to say. You know, you should expect this gift to, to, to potentially operate in your, as you're just privately worshiping God. Because Paul wrote in that chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, to all believers, pray, pray that you might interpret. Pray for it. He wouldn't pray, have you pray for something that he's unwilling to give you. Wouldn't that be dumb? But you'd be going along and man, now a different kind of tongue kicks in. And man, you're praying about something. You're, and, and God wants you to know the meaning. To know the meaning. And so you say, Father, I pray that you would help me to know that. Help me to interpret that as you will. And then just keep going. And He'll make you to know whatever it is you need to know about what you're praying about. Amen. Father, we love you tonight.